0: Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign. The world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.
1: The Buck Sexton Show. We are joined by our guest, Matt Continetti. He is the editor-in-chief of the Washington Free Beacon. His latest on freebeacon.com, the next Republican agenda. Matt, great to have you as always. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me, Buck. Uh, So I want to talk about your piece. Very interesting stuff that ties directly in the election. But if I could first, just kind of your thoughts, broad stroke from the gut going into tomorrow. What are you thinking? What are you feeling, Matt?
2: Well, I think Hillary Clinton has an edge. But there's still an outside chance that Donald Trump could uh, surprise us all and win the election. Um, I think Florida and Nevada are tighter than most people say. Um, or at least most people in the media believe. And then if he's able to win those two and hold North Carolina, which also seems like it's 50-50 jump ball at this point, uh, as well as Ohio, then he needs to pick up basically uh, one other state. So there's a chance, but uh, it's not as good a chance as Hillary's.
1: And what do you think about uh, the the Comey... Sort of the, the the Comey whiplash that is occurring right now, right last week he was a, a scoundrel. A, he's clearly you know got a tattoo of the GOP somewhere on his body, and now it's, oh no, he's okay. all right, he got rid of it. that's that's much better.
2: Right, which is a reversion to what the Democrats and the Hillary team said about him back in July when he uh, closed the investigation uh, into her emails in the first place. Well, I don't know what was behind this latest message that kind of just dropped. In the middle of the last weekend before the election, without much publicity, I mean, it's not quite as—I don't think its impact is nearly as great as the impact of his previous announcement uh, Friday ago, where he said that he had to reopen the investigation uh, in light of these new emails. That announcement may have actually saved uh, the Senate for the for the Republican Party, uh, because the Senate too is also, it seems, a, a very basically a jump ball. Uh, going into Election Day.
1: All right, let's talk about your your piece, which I, I think does have some very direct connections into sort of what's happened throughout the whole election. I, I want to let you frame this a little bit because you know, this is uh, these are your ideas, but also you're you're building on on this individual, Mister uh, Edward Conard. Uh, tell us a bit about the next Republican agenda and how there is something to this dissatisfaction that the sort of those who adhere to a populist. Uh, the populist wing of the Republican Party, or whatever we want to call it, do have a conflict with the sort of free market, entrepreneurial, you know, rising tide, lift all boats uh, folks who are the sort of more Republican elites or more Republican intelligentsia, whatever we want to call them.
2: Well, right. Well, uh, my, my latest column on FreeBeacon.com, Buck, is about uh, Ed Kennard, who is um, basically a former business partner of Mitt Romney's. Uh, who retired from private equity uh, about uh, eight years ago and went into writing books and speaking about politics and economics. And it, I learned this past week that he gave a very interesting speech at a summit that Mitt Romney held earlier in the summer uh, in, in Utah. And what Kennard had to say uh, shocked a lot of the attendees, many of whom, like Romney, are very wealthy, um, you know, traditional Republicans, pro-business, um, certainly not populist. But Kennard basically said uh, to this crowd that, that the disruption in the economy that uh, people like Mitt Romney and, say, Meg Whitman benefit from and are excited about is exactly what de- deprives people of uh, livelihoods or, or uh, incentivizes them to drop out of the workforce and also promotes uh, candidacies like Donald Trump's very populist candidacy, very anti-globalization candidacy. So, what Cunard said is we need to start thinking, we in this case meaning the Republican elite, how do we do something to uh, address these voters while also keeping alive the flame of um, of markets and free enterprise in the more traditional uh, Republican stance
1: well the, the the grievance that that was seized upon I mean, one one of the main areas is when tra- when Trump talks about trade agreements uh, and and people show up at the rallies and they're very upset and uh, they're not individuals who uh necessarily I think we could say and you know not to overgeneralize But have spent a lot of time studying economic theory, but they don't have to. And these are just voters. These are Americans. What they know is that the plant in their town or the 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 sort of uh, industrial business that was employing large numbers of individuals, in many cases, perhaps even years or or maybe decades ago, left. And there was no replacement. I mean, the the idea that we're sort of often sold on is that there will be, you know, that something else will always come into play and there will be jobs that replace the jobs that were lost and that hasn't really happened for people and it's not happening the way that it's uh, that's been promised to and in an information based economy increasingly the difference between the skilled and unskilled is, is is that that difference in terms of wages is getting much larger and the republican party doesn't really address i mean telling people to sort of pull themselves up by their bootstraps and everything will be fine just work hard play right and everything will you know you'll live the american dream there's a lot of frustration with that, and I think what you point out, in the, in the, and what Conard points out as well here, is that there's reason for that frustration. That's not actually a mirage that's been conjured in the bowels of of you know GOP uh, strategists' minds or something.
2: Sure, you see it everywhere, and you also remember you see it um, in this diversity explosion, which is uh, the phrase that the Brookings Institution demographer William Fry uses. Um, immigration has surged since the turn of the 21st century. And many of those immigrants have jobs, but they've also transformed communities. And so if you lose your job and yet you see new arrivals to this country getting jobs, uh, you're gonna wonder what, what happened. And so Kennard says it's time to think of bargains here. It's time to, re, to approach uh, the trade issue a little bit differently than the Republicans have since 1992. Um, and it's also time to think about a, a new approach to immigration, one that prioritizes high-skilled immigrants who would basically be risk takers who would create new enterprises for Americans to, to work in. but while minimizing the influx of low-skilled labor, uh, which just leads to some effect on what you know downward effect on wages that, and this increased uh, competition and anxiety among voters who don't have a lot to turn on. Um, in the uh, to hold on to in the information economy, so these are interesting ideas that I think deserve a hearing as we move into the post election um, moment and start discussing what's next for the conservative movement, what's next for the GOP
1: so you and you offer this up regardless of who wins, I assume right this is where you think the GOP sure. should go, whether Trump is at its head or Trump is perhaps an afterthought.
2: Look, I mean, Trump has been successful in some ways, and we'll see what the actual final numbers are. But uh, like I said, I think he has a 30 percent. That's not just me. I mean, I'm just basing my my reporting is on uh, Nate Silver and the statisticians there. If he has a 30 percent chance to win tomorrow, that's higher than Mitt Romney had. You know, it's higher than John McCain had. And so why is that? Well, it's because he clearly struck a chord. Uh, among a group of people. He's driven other people away, and so any successful Republican party, if Trump loses, is going to find, even if Trump wins and he wants to win re-election four years from now, he'd have to strike some sort of balance. You have to figure out, well, how do you retain the people that Trump has energized while also appealing to the outside, the groups that he's driven away? And that's a very hard thing to do, and it's a bind that the Republican party has been caught in. I think new thinking on economic issues like like trade and immigration uh, is, is crucial. Um, because, by the way, a lot of the voters, you take uh, Hispanic voters, for example. Hispanic voters, uh, I mean, they don't like Trump personally. That's clear because they feel like he's offended them. Um, but, you know, the truth is the Hispanic voters' majority are Democrats anyway, uh, mainly because, as David Pluff put it after the 2012 election, they're liberal on economic issues. Well, the truth is if a Republican Party wanted to appeal to Hispanic voters, the Republicans think, oh, well, we just have to offer amnesty. No, that's not it at all. You have to rethink your economic plans. And you need to rethink them in a way that says, oh, you know what, we do have a fair, we have a good deal for workers while also creating um, a, a climate of enterprise in the United States. And that's exactly what Kennard is talking about. He's saying, well, you know, if we become more aggressive in our trade negotiations if, in terms of protecting American industries and balancing trade. And if we do this immigration reform that would try to clamp down on low-skilled migration in favor of really recruiting and keeping the best high-skilled talent from overseas, because those are the people who are going to create jobs and businesses, we also need to incentivize risk-taking. That's the other big constraint he sees in our economy today. We're not taking enough risks. And so he suggested we do that by some type of corporate business tax reform. It's actually... uh, gestured at in, in some of Trump's, Trump's economic plans. You create a tax reform that would get uh, incentivized companies to, to come back to the United States and to um, repatriate all those dollars they have hold up uh, overseas and such. Isn't so that something else of, we should we be willing to want?
1: When we're talking about immigration, we talk about often uh, sort of high-skilled immigration, and, and this is a discussion the GOP should have been having for, for a long time. And, and there, there is, I think, some credit to be given to... Trump, whether whether you know it was intentional or not, there is some credit to be given uh, for changing the way the GOP discusses this. Uh, and, and you know, for people that I know who are libertarian, speak about how how open borders comes without consequences. I think that there's been more of a, a more of a spotlight put on that than in in previous years, and I think that that uh, would withstand less scrutiny, uh, no matter where you sort of fall within the GOP spectrum. Uh, the more you look at it, but uh, even bringing capital into the country would seem to be something that. W- People wouldn't talk about that in the past. There are some countries where that's just considered the assets you bring are a major asset if you're going to be an immigrant. Right? If you can actually bring cash with you, we're in a globalized economy. We should bring wealthy immigrants here, too. I mean, we talk about starting businesses, and we like this sort of story of the immigrant who builds uh, Google in his, uh, in his garage. But an immigrant who can come here and actually build a new plant and do something is even better in some ways. I mean, not that Google necessarily, but then somebody who's just coming with ideas and hard work.
2: Right. I mean, there's a difference um, between just, uh, you know, we actually have quite a few wealthy immigrants or migrants or investors in the country right now, mainly Chinese and Russians, who park their money here because they're f- fearful of the political climate in their yeah, own Yeah, the,
1: most of the super yeah, high end apartments home. in New York City, it feels like, are just right. uh, essentially well, parking lots for cash from China, Russia, and a few other countries, but yeah.
2: Right, and the, the Saudis, for example. What, what we need, Canard would say, I think, is we need to get the very smart Chinese-Russian-Saudi student or engineer because when they're here and they have the incentive to take risks, we have this, what he said is just limitless capital, investment capital right now. But it's searching for investments. It doesn't have have opportunities to invest because of the constraints in our economy, which is a lack of well-trained talent and then, again, a lack of risk-taking. And so you get, um, you know, we have plenty of students already here. So if you said, you know what, uh, as part of this deal where we crack down on illegal immigration, we're going to let this brilliant Chinese physicist stay in the United States as a resident and see what he comes up with, then that would would create innovation and new technologies that would help grow jobs. And since you have a smaller overall labor, labor pool, maybe pick up wages on uh, on the on the back end so that's kind of the bargain that he's that he's gesturing towards in, in his remarks
1: Matt Continetti is the editor-in-chief of the Washington free Beacon. You can read his latest the next Republican agenda on freebeacon.com and also please follow Matt on Twitter. great to have you sir. Happy election day. we'll talk to you soon.